Hi there, I'm Caroline, a recent college grad and your new personal cheerleader. The She Believe podcast is our time to chat as friends and dig deep into the real stuff. I'm here to let you know someone's in your corner and share truth that will help you become more fully who God has created you to be. Thanks for joining the conversation. You are always welcome. Mari, welcome to the podcast. It's so good to be chatting with you today. It feels like we're just back together in Colorado, sitting on the couch, getting to chat and catch up. Hi, Caroline. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so grateful for FaceTime. It is going to be so good to share our conversation with everyone listening today. Mari and I actually used to know each other, or we got to know each other, I guess, while we were randomly assigned to be roommates in Colorado when we were both interning with Focus two summers ago. And now we don't get to chat so much in person. A lot of our chatting is over text message or through FaceTime, but we still love to have these conversations and we thought, why not invite you into it for the first time today? So today we're going to be chatting a little bit about prayer, but Mari, before we dive into that, I know your life must look a little hectic right now. This summer, you just launched your shop with the West Coast Catholics selling rosaries and prints. So give us a little look into what your life is looking like. It's pretty hectic, to be honest. Um, Luckily, school this semester has been super easy. And I think it's no coincidence. I think Jesus planned that out perfectly as we launched our shop, like you said, um, like mid-August. And so really this semester has just been filled with making rosaries and fulfilling orders and just learning to run a new small business that I started with my boyfriend. I love that. I had the chance to meet her boyfriend Trey this summer and just watching them together was so sweet, (laughs) always so endearing. And now to just know that they're like running a business together, just kicking butt. I'm so proud of you, Mari. It's really fun. Um, Really, when Mari and I lived together, West Coast Catholic wasn't even a thing. She just had kind of the thought and inspiration while we were in Colorado, much because we really just got to sit around and chat about our prayer lives, about our spiritual lives, friendship. Um, And now, like, it's so cool to see you ministering to women, not only on the West Coast, but all over the country and all over the world. You actually were one of the people that introduced me into Mm. that Instagram world of Catholic. So thank you so much for that. (laughs) What a funny world it is, isn't it? It just seems like everyone knows each other. It's a great community, really. I was actually chatting with a friend this afternoon at the library telling her that we were going to record this podcast. And she was like, the West Coast Catholic, I love her so much. Can you please tell her I say hi? (laughs) So you have fans. No way. Even out here in Indiana, you have fans. Yay. (laughs) Praise God for the work that you're doing. Thank you. So Maury, I'm really excited to just kind of have a conversation today about prayer and how do we get the most out of our prayer time. I know for both of us during our time in Colorado, we had a lot of time set aside each day, even throughout the workday to pray. And so this is a common conversation you and I would have a lot over that summer. And so before we even dive into this, I kind of want to set a foundation of what prayer is. And I think St. Teresa of Avila really expresses it in a beautiful way in one of her quotes. And so I want to share that with everyone before we kind of dive into some of those main points. And so she expresses that prayer is being on terms of friendship with God, frequently conversing in secret with him whom we know loves us. I love this quote and how it describes prayer because prayer is being on terms of friendship with God. Like how intimate is that? Like how casual does that make it? And so approachable. Yeah, I actually love that so much. You know, a way that someone described the importance of prayer to me um, was by describing how 
it's just like building a friendship with any other person. You know, you become friends with someone because you spend intentional time with them, you share your life with them, you share your heart, and you listen to theirs. And the more you spend time with them, the more you reach out, the more you hang out, the better you get to know them and the closer you feel with them. And the same goes for Jesus. I think you hit the nail on the head. Like it's a two-sided thing. We both have to put in effort. We can't just wait for God to answer all of our prayers that we say as we're cramming before a test and need an A or because we want something specific for Christmas that year. Like we need to make sure that we are putting in the hard work each and every day. Um, that we're intentional. I love that you said that and making sure that we are consistent. Absolutely. And God never forces himself on us. And so he's always waiting for us to come to him. Yeah. So I kind of want to tackle some main obstacles that keep us from prayer. And yeah, some of those three that I kind of have recognized in my own life and some of the women that I've talked to is that we don't know where to begin. We don't have enough time and that we don't hear God's voice. And so We're going to dive into each of those, but first I really want to hear what prayer looked like for you when you were first getting started. So I guess growing up, I was really just taught to pray small prayers throughout the day. Um, So wake up and do morning offering. I remember my parents praying um, as they drove us to school in the mornings uh, or praying before meals and then kind of a prayer of gratitude before you went to bed at night. And then as I got older, I started to do devotionals and Bible studies and stuff. And I just felt closer to God and I felt a connection strengthen. What do you think that was? I don't know. I mean, I think it's just what we were talking about, just building that that friendship with Jesus of just spending more time with him and getting to know him through scripture and through his word. Um, I think I just became closer to him because I got to know him more. And so I really started building a prayer life. Probably around the time I started that internship with you over the summer, maybe a little bit before that, and then really that summer, um, putting that time in every single day um, was just able to, I was able to strengthen that relationship with God. And really that just consisted of journaling my prayer, doing scripture studies, praying rosary, and a lot of just conversational prayer, just telling Jesus what was on my heart and what was on my mind. So I think that might sound a little... A little hard for people that are just starting out. They might say, like, conversation with Jesus in prayer. Like, where do I even begin? Like, what do I say? What do I ask? Um, And so where do people start? What are some of the most important things that we remember at the beginning if we feel like we don't have the right words to say? Yeah, I totally remember being in this position. You have to start small and then build up. Set small, attainable goals for yourself, like a daily rosary. Or start with a devotional, like a 30-day devotional that you just read a little reflection and journal about it every day. That's why I love the Catholic Church so much is because they give us the resources. They give us the tools where when we don't maybe have the right words to say that we don't really know exactly what to say to Jesus, they give us something to meditate on and it allows us to dive deeper into the life learn more about who Jesus is so then we have things to talk to him about, just like as you would with any friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. If I'm ever blanking in prayer, I know that I just pull up my rosary and yeah, the feelings in my heart will just surface. So I love this notion of like, keep prayer casual, like just a casual conversation with a friend that, yeah, we don't need to have some huge agenda when we go into prayer. We don't have to sound like the most beautiful scripture scholar and have like elaborate poetic prayer. Like all we have to do is be ourselves. And so 
I think we just need to keep that in mind of like, we need to approach Jesus as we would approach any other relationship. Oh my gosh. Yes. And that was one of the things that I was most intimidated about when I started to pray more often was what words do I even use? Mm -hmm. Prayers usually sound so elegant and eloquent and that's not the case. I mean, this is why I'm a huge advocate for journaling your prayer because it helps you just get your thoughts out as if you were journaling by yourself or talking to a friend. Um, you really don't have to be formal with the Lord. He knows your heart already. He knows already what you need and what you desire. So just writing it out like you were talking to your friend or just journaling on your own. Yeah, I love that. And I think I begin my prayer every time, I would say every time I go and I kind of begin with this conversation. And then I think it allows opportunity and allows me to open the door for Jesus to respond and it gives the freedom to say like okay let me put all these things out there what do you have for me next and that's kind of when I like to turn to scripture I like to turn to whatever spiritual book I'm reading the rosary and allow him to then kind of try to answer those prayers of what I was just asking for and maybe some of the things that have been on my heart giving him something to work with to say yeah absolutely scripture like you said is such a good way to start because it guides your prayer um, and you can always do the rap method, which I love to teach. And it's write about what stuck out to you in the scripture, reflect on what Jesus could be speaking into your life, apply it to your life, and then write out a little prayer. So it's W-R-A-P, rap. Super simple. I love those. I love those little acronyms that you can just pull out at any moment and be like, okay, this is what I do when I'm stuck. Yeah. So Mari, I love this. I love this idea that conversation in prayer is needed and that we need to begin this foundation with God. But I think something to emphasize is that as we're doing this, consistency is the key. I keep going back to this idea of friendship because really as St. Teresa mentioned that like prayer is this friendship level with God. And so we need consistency there. We need to continually show up and we need to be present so that we can learn about each other. Jesus already knows everything about us, but he wants to know. He wants us to invite him in, like you said. And so what do we do when we feel like we don't have enough time? Kind of the second obstacle. I feel like this is the most common excuse. Even for me, I know I make excuses. So what do we do when we feel like, okay, I don't have an hour to go sit in the chapel. I'm kind of running around today. I can't get my prayer in. What do you do? Once again, start small and build up that time. Check your screen time on your phone and you'll be surprised how much time you spend on your phone. Take that time and cut it in half. Boom. Prayer time. It's really crazy how much time we spend doing other things. And if we just cut out intentional time, whether it's 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, just start small um, and you'll build up to it. I love that. Going back to starting small, like having enough time, like we are students right now, or if maybe you have a job, like whatever it may be, like that is your vocation. Like you are not a cloistered religious nun. You're not called to spend your whole day in the chapel praying. Like you are called to be in the world, but that means that, okay, how do we bring God into every aspect of our life? How do we say little prayers before, um, before meals, when we wake up, before we go to bed? How do we engage in prayer with other people? I think that's something that we don't do enough. I had the opportunity the other day one of my friends was just having a really hard time. She was struggling with some of her friendships and just kind of felt like, yeah, I don't know where God is. I don't know where to invite him in. And I am not someone to usually do this because it gives me a lot of anxiety. But I asked her, like, yeah. can I pray with you right here, right now? We were just sitting in the car after a photo shoot one day of all things. 
and we prayed together and it was such a healing experience, not only for her, but for me. And it gave me this courage of like, okay, this doesn't have to be, prayer doesn't have to be something that is done in the chapel, in private, only at church. Like prayer is something that should be welcome into our lives, no matter where we are in any circumstances with whoever we're with. Yeah. Praying with others is huge and we don't do it enough because it can make you a little nervous. It's kind of intimidating. Um, Something I started doing with my Bible study this semester is actually to practice praying out loud is we all close out in prayer. Yes. I make my girls do that too. Yeah. We all hold hands and get together at the end and we go around in a circle and we each pray out loud. And the Holy Spirit is so powerful and works in the hearts of every single one of those girls every week. I absolutely love that. I did that with my Bible study as well. And for a while, I would ask like, who's going to close us today? And crickets. Everyone's like, not me, not me. Yeah. But to see the confidence that it gives them when they're done praying um, mm-hmm. is just like incredible because you're like, okay, I can do this. I don't have to have some like, like I said, poetic prayer. Like you just need something from the heart. And that's all that Jesus asks of us too. Just as like, I don't right. expect the woman praying next to me to have like the most intense, like powerful prayer, like All I want is something genuine and from the heart. Yeah, of course. So I want to jump back into this obstacle about not having enough time. So as we just kind of mentioned, like prayer can be done anywhere, but how do we make prayer more of a priority? How has your schedule had to change as prayer um, has become more central to your life? What I've had to do is schedule it into my day as if it were a class. It has the same importance as class. So usually I'll wake up an hour before class and I'm not really a morning person. So um, I take later classes, but that helps me just to get up an hour early and go to the chapel before class. And that time is just reserved for prayer. If people want to do group projects, if I have a phone call with someone else, if anyone wants to schedule anything with during that time, it just doesn't happen because that's my prayer time and it's scheduled with such high importance. We're just so busy throughout our day that we have to give prayer that importance. I love that because I know so many of you listening to this have a planner and you love to color coat your life with all the cute little markers and you're really good about kind of emphasizing every part of your day. So why, if prayer is going to be one of the most important things in our lives, if God we're saying is the most important thing in our life, why are we not scheduling him in? If we don't have time for him in our schedule, then are we really a disciple of his? You know, what I always tell my girls is that if you make time for God, he will make more time for you. I've experienced that firsthand. Amen. I'm going to admit, I use that to guilt some of my friends into doing things with me at (laughs) night when they have homework. But it is so true. I have found like when I was in school, the time that I would be so stressed with so much work, and I was like, I have no idea how this is going to get done. But tonight's the one day a week that we have adoration or group meal and people would invite me to come and I would just like make excuses those days that I would say okay I'm going to put it aside I'm going to go it's just one hour I would come back and either the assignment would be moved I would get it done super quick like Jesus always provides like he is going to reward you for giving him his your time yeah always so how do we make sure that when we're praying that we're getting the most out of our time that when we have such limited time that we're not wasting it or so, or so to say, maybe mm-hmm. if you feel like, okay, I'm just sitting here. I'm not, not knowing what to say. I'm feeling like God's not talking to me. Where do we go from there? I always say, go prepared into prayer and either bring a rosary or a journal. I mean, we already talked about the rosary, but I can't stress it enough. Um, really just meditating on 
just the different parts of Jesus's life um, really helps guide your prayer. And then bringing a journal helps you be kind of active in prayer instead of passive and just waiting for God to speak to you. Uh, You're actively inviting him to speak into something because you're sharing something with him first. Mm, I love that idea of coming prepared of like, okay, Jesus, like I have an offering for you and I want to give this to you. I think another really helpful tip for me is going back to those acronyms is the one ACTS, which stands for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. And I love that because I think it gives a really nice outline to prayer. It kind of makes sure I know I fall trapped and just sitting there and like maybe just like thinking about the same thing of like, Jesus, like this part of my life is really hard and just like being stuck on that and not really, yeah, giving God praise or honor or maybe repenting for my sins or like being grateful. And I love this ACTS acronym that allows me to kind of hit all of those um, different points of prayer and really like expand my relationship with God instead of just staying really small. Mm-hmm. So Mari, what are you currently praying with? What are your some of your favorite things to pray with right now? Good question. Um, well, as I said earlier, this time of life has been pretty hectic. And so especially just the past two weeks have been crazy with the new shop and school picked up a little bit. So I've just felt like I had no time for anything. Everything was getting half done and I was putting prayer on the back burner. And honestly, I was just losing my mind. And there were several times that I can pinpoint in the past few weeks where I'm like standing in my kitchen realizing I don't even have food to make for dinner. And I'm Mm. just yelling like I've lost control of my life. I've lost (laughs) control of everything. Like my room's a mess. My planner's a mess. My backpack's a mess. Literally everything's a mess. And I kept saying like, I'm not in control. Finally, I sat down one morning after waking up and having breakfast and I started my day with prayer again, like I usually do. And I opened up this devotional um, called Jesus Calling. For anyone who hasn't heard of it, it's really great. And it's just these daily reflections. And it's modeled as um, Jesus's voice speaking to you. And the devotional read this beautiful quote straight into my heart. Jesus said, your sense of security must not rest in your possessions or in things going your way. Instead of grasping and controlling, you are learning to release and receive Cultivate this receptive stance by trusting me in every situation. Yeah, so I just felt like Jesus kind of sat me down and gave me a talking to and said, you're not in control, and Mm -hmm. that's a good thing. And so I was trying to ponder what this receptive stance could look like. And at the bottom of the page of the devotional, they have different Bible verses. So I opened up to one of them, which was Psalm 52, 8, and it read, But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. And that was it. An olive tree was this receptive stance that I needed to take. This tree rooted in like holy ground, just patiently waiting and receiving the sun and water and nutrients that the ground and the sky provided. You know, this tree is unmoving, but it's still growing and bearing fruit, just trusting in the steadfast love and the providence of the Lord. So an olive tree is my answer. Wow, that is That is beautiful and just such a testament to that God does speak to us. Like he is working in our lives now and forever. I just love that. And I think like if you were not to take that time, if you were to just kind of feel stuck in this like, oh, I feel like I don't have control. I don't have time to pray. 
I have so many things to get done. And you would have pushed prayer aside. Like you would have missed this. Like you would have missed such a clear message that God was trying to tell to you. And he didn't have the answer of like, oh, okay, here's how you have more control of your life. But he like gave you freedom in his response of saying like, you don't need to have control. I have control and you just need to listen to me. Yes. It's a conversation the Lord and I constantly have. But <laughs> you're right. It gives me so much freedom. He is God and I'm not. And that's great. It is great. So Mari, do you always hear God speaking to you when you go into prayer? Is it always these huge revelations? Does he always give you exactly what you're looking for? Oh, Caroline, I wish it was like that. (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) Yeah, no, there's definitely been times pretty recently too, where I've just felt so much silence in prayer and it can be pretty frustrating. This really hits on our third and final obstacle is like, what do we do when we don't hear God's voice? And what do we do when we don't really get any like feelings from prayer? Um, I know I can definitely speak into this in my own life towards the beginning of the school year. I had a lot of big decisions to make. I was graduating in December. I, yeah, I needed to find a job. I needed to figure out what was my life going to look like in the next few months when everything was changing. And at a time where I know I needed to just dive headfirst into prayer, sit there, be patient, and listen to what God wanted to tell me, I would go those first couple of times when I started wrestling with some of these bigger questions and nothing absolutely crickets. I didn't mm-hmm. open up to any devotional and see the answer. Like you kind of just explained, <laughs> like, I just felt more like anxiety and felt like, gosh, like maybe there's even more questions. Maybe I really have no idea what God wants of me. And so I fell into that trap of, okay, I don't have time. I made excuses and I just absolutely tried to do everything on my own. Yeah. And it can get discouraging when you feel that silence in prayer and it can it can honestly pull you away from prayer because you end up fearing the silence and not wanting to go back um, and feeling almost empty or lost um, when really that's just God's invitation for you to lean deeper into prayer. Absolutely. And I think that is so much of what I've been learning. I think such an important lesson for all of us. And I've just come to learn like how much I'm learning about God in the midst of like no answer. And I was listening to another podcast the other weekend. It was talking about how sometimes no response is still a response and how it is that invitation for us to lean deeper into Christ and to ask that question of like, okay, when that feeling stops or when I don't hear God speaking clearly to me, like, am I still going to be faithful? When, when a friend comes to you and like, just for us, for example, like we got to see each other every day. We were involved in each other's lives. I knew everything that was going on in your life so consistently that then when we moved back across the country from each other, I didn't hear from you as often. And I could have thought of like, dang, Mari doesn't want to be my friend anymore. Like I need to distance myself, like can't go back to that relationship. But really it was just like an invitation to like, okay, how does this look different? How do I need to shift my positioning towards this friendship? How can I put an effort in a different way to receive a different answer or just look for an answer in a different place? Another thing that um, I realized about hearing God's voice is that he also doesn't always speak these huge prophetic things into our lives. He doesn't tell Mm -hmm. us the future. He doesn't just give us the answer. Hearing God's voice can simply be truth being spoken into your heart. It can simply be, I love you. It can simply be, you are my daughter. You know, something, a truth that we might already know, but that he might just want to repeat that back into our hearts to reaffirm us. 
I love that idea of just like being reaffirmed in those simple truths because especially as someone that has grown up Catholic my entire life and have always been present in the church, like those are simple truths. Like you're a daughter of God. That's honestly one I've been wrestling with recently of like, do I really believe that? Like, what does that leave me if I am a daughter of a king? Like I'm a princess, like I am worthy of so much and God loves me so much. Like, can I even wrap my mind around what that means? And when we get these these small words and small phrases into our heart that we think are so simple. Sometimes we push them away and we think, Oh, that's just me talking. You know, that's not really God, but no, it is. We have to trust those little nudges of the Holy spirit that -hmm. are trying to bring us back. Yeah. I absolutely, I can't agree with that more. Like I think every day is such a new opportunity and we have to allow God to work in the little things. Like we always want him to do something big and miraculous, but so often he works in the ordinary. And that's really what my whole um, mission is about is like, I don't live an extraordinary life. I live a very ordinary life, but it is through that, that God can do extraordinary things. Yeah. Praise God. So Mari, what do you do when you are kind of stuck? What gets you back on track? Like I said before, if I'm not feeling like God is speaking to me in prayer very um, explicitly, it kind of discourages me sometimes and it makes me not want to go back to prayer. So in those times when I feel that is when I have to be even more disciplined with my prayer um, and make sure I'm getting up on time and make sure I'm getting to the chapel. Um, And sometimes I can't do that alone. So I call on my friends to be um, like an accountability partner and we text each other when we've done our devotional or when we've done our prayer time. And that way you have someone kind of just checking up on you. Oh my goodness. I love that. And that is so me. I was just kind of reflecting even today in prayer about how there's been times in my life, especially when I felt discouraged that I have to drag my butt to the chapel. And I ask like, Jesus, give me the desire to be here because truthfully, like I don't want to be here. And I think that's important for everyone listening to kind of remember and to tell yourself that like, you should not feel bad if you don't like feel inclined to pray that if it's hard to pray that day, or if like, you're just like not feeling it. But in those moments, challenge yourselves I love your uh, mention of an accountability partner. Get someone that can hold you accountable and bring you along because there's never a moment that, especially those times when we feel like, oh, I don't want to do this, that God's not going to reward us. Like exactly what you were just saying. Like he is never outdone in generosity. He is always going to make our time worth it. Yeah, for sure. So it's just been so great getting to chat with you. But before we end today, I really just want to ask you a simple question. Um, What is one promise that you believe the Lord has fulfilled in your life? Oh, I love that. Um, To be honest, I think it might just be Trey, my boyfriend that we Mm -hmm. talked about earlier. Um, I think growing up in high school and early college, I spent time on relationships that the Lord was not calling me to. And I always had this desire for a good holy man that would bring me to God and just bring me to heaven. And I started to pray seriously about it, something I'd never done before. And and he fulfilled that promise. And he introduced me to Trey just a little over a year and a half ago. Um, and that's exactly what he is, a good holy man who just loves the Lord and brings me closer to him. Mm, I love that. A little built-in accountability partner. Oh my gosh, yes. 
Good and holy relationships is definitely a promise that many of us um, ask God to fulfill and that he does love to speak into. Mm-hmm. And he will. He will. All right. Thank you so much for chatting with me about prayer. You had so much wisdom to share. And it just is so good to just feel like we're going back to our old times. But before you go, will you just share with people where they can find you? Yeah. Instagram. For sure. Uh, You can find me at West Coast Catholic. And then if you want to check out our online shop, it's westcoastcatholic.org. Awesome. Y'all need to check Mari out because she is doing incredible work, spreading the gospel, and just loving people in her corner very well. Uh, As are you, Caroline. Thank you, Mari. It's been so good chatting with you. Thank you, everyone, for listening and join us again next week. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.